Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Spooks McGee with the Late Bloomer Podcast. You were listening to the episode about Juice, the movie. Have you guys ever seen Juice? Anyway, before I do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and uh, uh, introduce the people. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Queendom is a duo of two dope MCs who have a vision, and we want to hear what they talk about. Audio. Ronnie. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So as y'all know, we just did a giveaway for the Queendom. It was a an ashtray. Uh, I deserve this, which is actually playing in the background right now. Um, yeah, it is a very beautiful piece. And luckily, one of my notoriously smoker friends... Celine Hayes is the one who won. So she's going to have that in the mail. She'll be taking some photos, some cool-ass photos with her smoking with it very soon. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad that she, she's gonna, I'm glad that she, you know, we got the opportunity to talk to her, actually. Oh, dope. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised y'all haven't done a record with her yet. Oh, you know what? I'm going to um, check out her music as soon as possible. Hey, you know what I'm saying? We're making connections. We're putting people together. Uh-huh. Well, um, I have my shirt. I've worn it in several videos and pictures, so I'm always rocking that shit. It's such a quality piece of merchandise. So if y'all want to get some of their merch, you need to go where? Where do you get it? Um, you can just get DM us directly, and we'll definitely get it to you as soon as possible. Okay, yeah. Hit them up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever, MySpace. <laughs> I don't know about my face at all. <laughs> the top eight. Um, but yeah, so tell me how this whole little duo came together. Because when I first heard of Ronnie, she was doing some motherfucking R&B shit. She was on some Jill Scott shit. And then, I, then all of a sudden it's like, boom, I'm this motherfucking dope ass rapper. And here's my partner. And we finna be the queendom. How did all this happen? It's just like, wow, it seems like it's kind of organic. Um, yeah, we, actually, we knew each other in college. Um, we went to Georgia State together. Okay. Um, and we hang out with mutual friends. And uh, eventually we ended up doing a record for a project um, that was in connection with um, George uh, F. Baker III. And, uh, oh, shout out to know, George. He got that I, new mural up that's looking beautiful in the city. Yeah, I know, right? And that shit crazy. Yeah, and he was on some Netflix <laughs> shit too, man. It's just like life is crazy, man. Yeah, some full circle shit. But anyway, um, um, I believe Ronnie's brother heard the song and suggested that you know we should end up joining forces at one point. And it took us about four years to get to that. Hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, that an event. Um where a mutual friend of ours was and he was talking to me about um, uh, me needing to call Ronnie because Ronnie wanted to do music with me. So I hit her up and she was with another friend of ours at the time um, just talking about me. So it was, it was just a divine, you know, musical connection since then really. So it really was organic. It wasn't nothing that was forced. It was just like, you know, Hey, let's try to see how this thing works. Yeah, we just got in the studio after we we contacted each other. We got in the studio the next week, and the rest was history. History indeed. And I think you guys are going to make some real uh, serious strides. I'm loving the new record with Yanni Mo. I'm loving what she's doing. I'm loving that you guys are joining forces. I'm loving a lot of the stuff that you guys have put out already. Um, just, you know, just great energy, great vibes, um, great marketing uh, just everything that you guys are supposed to be doing, I'm seeing it happen, and I'm really just, you know, I'm rooting for y'all, and I really want to see you do more, you know? Thank you. Thank you so much for the love. I really appreciate that. Yeah, truly. Hey, no problem, no problem. So, um, the movie that we chose this week was uh, Juice, um, by, with uh, Tupac as the lead role playing Bishop. And the funny thing is that I literally uh, just saw that for the first time uh, in its entirety. Um, yeah, same. Recently. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, hey, so I'm not the only late bloomer. Okay, I'm not the only late bloomer out there. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, my mom, my mom hasn't happened yet. I think. Which one am I talking to right now? This is Ronnie. Okay, Ronnie. So you just saw it? Yeah, right. Like, like I, um, I don't know. Like I. Because I have two older brothers, and yeah. they were, they're 10 years older than me. And I know I've seen it, you know, but it's just like, I don't remember it because I was a kid. Right. You know? Exactly. So now that so you're seeing like, it. Gotta, yeah, so now you're yeah, seeing I gotta it. See that Continue. Hmm? No, my bad. I didn't. I didn't hear what you said. You, you, the last thing I cut you. Oh off. no, I was. I was like, yeah, I got. I got to see it as an adult for me to fully grasp. Oh, so you haven't seen it yet? <laughs> I like as an adult. I would say yeah. Okay, so if you go to Facebook and just type the movie Juice, there are some pirates who have uploaded the entire film on Facebook, so you can watch it. <laughs> okay. So you watch that, and then like you know, I'm gonna be you're gonna be pleasantly surprised. Cause here's the thing, I look at these movies and I'm like, yeah, some of them are dope, some of them are are like trash, but some, a lot of times it's like it's like hit or miss. Uh, but this film was phenomenal. It had great lighting, it had great you know costumes, great music, great sound design. You know, it was just a really beautiful film, well written. Seeing these characters spiral out of control, it was just a great film, you know. And I was really surprised. Yeah, I think Tupac acted very well in this film as a villain. Um, mm-hmm. It really, it really put emphasis on paranoia, um, fear, um, mental manipulation amongst friends, and mental and emotional, or right. just emotional, well, mental in general. Right, toxic um, manipulation, mm-hmm. um, and you know, just the the effects that murder um, has on a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people around them. So it's it's just it was really interesting. I I don't think I've ever really seen a perspective a perspective like that um, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, at least at least compared to that um, for its time that it came out, like it, it was very well done. I must say. Right, right. And I have a thing for I have a thing for hood or like gangster related um, film. So. I, I did enjoy it, even though it was kind of sad. Yeah, it is really sad. Um, but this is an interesting thing. So, you know, Tupac is a Juilliard-trained, um, you know, uh, artist, actor, um, poet. Um, when he gets behind that mic, he becomes something else. And I was always yeah. wondering, me being someone who um, also is rooted in, like, R&B, soul, gospel, stuff like that. Um, I still rap, rap, rapidly rap, you know, because I understand the power that it has to be able to step into that zone. Uh, and it, it gives you a new confidence. You know, in your case, your femininity is, 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 is you know, grown into a, a bigger, bigger space than, you're, than you normally would allow it to. Same thing with me. My masculinity, my manhood, my, my machismo, all this shit, it comes out when I step behind the microphone. I'm not like, uh, you know... It, it's just a different vibe and something I can't explain. Um, once you started really like rapping a lot more, uh, Ronnie, how did it feel? Does it, did you really feel like that true freedom? Um, I would say, I would say yes. Um, I mean, because I guess I got to discover a different side of myself. Right. Um, something that I wasn't, I didn't, you know, it's something I've always dreamed to do, but I never really like, had the confidence to really go there and and tap into that side of myself. I I kind of didn't even know like I could actually do it. Right. Um. So yeah, I would say it definitely unlocked. Like you know, I just got to know myself a little bit more by actually tapping into that side. So yeah, I'm definitely grateful for you know, audio pushing me to rap. Yeah, audio. What do you think about um the uh, the uh energy that you're that, like that you're that she's vibing off of with you like uh when you guys are writing how much assistance do you actually need or does she just start going you know um with me when it comes to writing i i, I try not to get too many external influences when it comes to that um i feel like i'm i'm very much so or 
not very much so, but I, I feel like in some aspects, I really, I really just like hip hop a lot or love hip hop a lot. So I've been, I feel like I, with, with me listening to music over the years, I've been studying it. So I don't, I don't really, you know, have too many exterior influences in the process of writing. Um, and Ronnie doesn't either. Not really. No. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so both of us are growing in lyricism in a very interesting way. Um, and I look forward to us growing to our best, our, our, our highest level in lyricism, even when it comes to the idea of freestyling. Cause I, I definitely want to get better at that. You know? Right, right. But, uh, have you guys yeah, been to SFC yet? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no problem. Have you guys been to SFC yet? Soul Food Cipher. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Go all the time. Intimidating experience. <laughs> right? sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. That was a hangout. Right. So if you really want to sharpen that sword and get this uh, freestyle skills up, you need to be checking them out. They actually are doing more remote stuff now because of COVID. Um, so you need to go check on their uh, Instagram. They usually will put updates on when they're doing these like uh, Zoom sessions with freestyle sessions. Okay. It's not the That's same. Cool. I've yeah. Been meaning to. Yeah. It's not the same energy. You know, it's just something about being in that space with everybody. It's a little bit different, but yeah. Um, what what are we gonna do? You know? Have you guys been doing any yeah. shows besides the remote stuff during COVID? Uh, no. We haven't, we haven't done any. Uh, he asked if we were, like, doing any shows, like, other than being remote. We've only done virtual shows. Um, we're not open. Right. Yeah, we're not open to doing, um, like, in-person gigs right now. Right. Um, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like, we not, we ain't trying to risk nothing. Right, right. But, yeah, but we've been, we've been doing hella, hella virtual shows. Yeah, I saw you guys like, on the uh, Love Fest. That was dope. What other stuff have you yeah. done? Um, we've done, um, we actually did a, 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 a girls rock camp. That was pretty cool. Nice. Like kids. That was interesting. Um, we did Gritty and Pink. Um, it's like, um, they had like a virtual tour and they actually asked us back to do another one, a holiday one. Oh, dope. Um, that was pretty cool. Dope. Yeah. Um. You guys got any Christmas one. songs coming out? Um, <laughs> I mean, I would say wait on it. Oh, oh, okay. We got the exclusive. Oh, holiday queendom. <laughs> the energy is live. My body is ready. <laughs> I'm super fragilistically ready. <laughs> it's in this motherfucker. Yeah, it should be dope. It should be dope. Um, but yeah, just keep your ears, ears and your eyes peeled. I will. I will. So, um, you came to our little like uh ranch, uh, uh session uh location like uh remote remote recording session place that we had been to. Uh, audio, audio. Is it audio? Audio, audio. I want to say audio, but I like Audi. Audi five thousand. Everyone always wants to pronounce it I do. The, the most difficult way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny that you're an MC and your name is Audio because that shit is fire. Thank you. But what was I saying? Oh, uh, you went to our little like remote like uh, uh, Airbnb like recording location. What did you think about that? That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it was actually very cool. Um, it's definitely something that I've always wanted to do. Just. Hey. You could do it. Separate myself from everybody and like delve into creativity. I thought that that was really dope of you to hey. do all that. I think that you know more artists should. Oh, look at alternatives to getting uh, getting creatively inspired. So I definitely would encourage more people to do that type of shit. I mean, get your Airbnb, split it with the homies, get somewhere far away. Like I'm talking about Brass Town Bald. I'm talking about. You know, one of these places up in the North Georgia, like, uh, you know, Big Canoe, stuff like that. You know, I think it's a really great way to get your head in the game. You know, really to think about, like, you know, just, you know, there's too much distractions. The least amount of Wi-Fi, the least amount of, you know, 
It's it's just it's a big big plus. And I was talking to uh, the homie, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, see, his name escapes me now. Uh, Ziggy Two Player, and he was talking about how he's been exploring the uh, outdoors, the great outdoors, and you know wanting to go outside a lot more and spending more time camping and you know understanding how to survive in the wilderness. You know, right? I I fucked with that. Yeah. He, um, I believe he, he, him, Acorn, Slice, and uh, Yami were also recording some music out in the cabin a few months ago. So I look forward to hearing what that sounds like. Hold on, my <laughs> my friend is telling me that she's stuck upstairs because I'm recording and she doesn't want to be in the camera. I'm trying to cut this, <laughs> trying to turn the stew down. It's, it's, uh, I have some chicken curry stew cooking. Hold on a second. Talk that shit, walk that shit, ooh. Talk that shit, stew. <laughs> yes. So, I don't know uh, how we started talking about that shit, but anyway, look. What is this venture that you guys are doing with these uh, glass with these glassware and the 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 uh, is it, what's the name of the uh, the website or the, or the company that you guys are starting with all of these uh, pieces like the ashtrays and stuff? The shit's beautiful. Oh, um, yeah, that's that's actually my. I'm Ronnie, by the way. Um, because, Ronnie. But um, my business called Smoking Stone. Um, Do you create those yourself? I, yeah, I hand make everything, other than like the obvious, like Florida water or like. What else don't I make? I think it's only like the Florida water soap and like Florida water cologne. That's the only thing I don't make on my site. But everything else is handmade. So all the ashtrays, rolling trays, the teas, um, the candles, all of that handmade. Fuck with it. I like it. Well, we're going to have to make a little arrangement so we can get some kind of like, you know, promo code situation going on because this is a community Everybody that has something going on, we want to create uh, something that that our listeners can benefit from. So please, definitely, we should talk about that soon. Okay. Whether cool. it be a I'll promo I'll code I'll... or some kind of more giveaways, like how we did with the ashtray, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually ready to do another giveaway soon. So, um, but yeah, we could definitely talk about that. Yeah, I'll buy it and then I'll give it away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm down. All I'm right. actually working. Awesome stuff as we speak. <laughs> That's what's up. So what do you do? You do glass blowing? No, it's not glass. It's glass. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> oh, but, um, well, you could do it. Yeah, All you got to do is it's shoot. Called, it's called resin. Resin. Like, oh, the, the, the hard shit, the liquidy hard shit. Yeah. How long does it, that type of shit take to dry out, dry up? through to the spot i mentioned that i had just done my dna test and i had and i had um figured out or found out that i was uh 28 nigerian or some shit yeah that was cool <laughs> so yeah i want to do one of them little memes where it's like when you find out that you're 28 nigerian and then all of a sudden i'm like you know dancing i'm eating fufu i'm doing crazy shit <laughs> i think that should be hilarious I just I, I, <laughs> I think that should be funny. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna keep saying it. You guys need to do an Afrobeats version of Play KK. It just sounds like an wow, Afrobeats song. I'm telling you, it just sounds like an Afrobeats song. Every time I hear it, I'd be like, Play KK. I'm like, oh shit, that's a fucking. So y'all need to y'all need to make that shit happen. Play, 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 play
Never say never. Anyway, um, I have to get going. Um, I'm glad. I appreciate that we were able to squeeze this in. Um, this episode is actually like two hours long or some crazy shit like that. And I've been sitting on it, the juice episode, because I, I, I do not want to edit a two and a half hour show. But now I'm going to have to edit a three hour show because this makes it three hours. But it's better than not getting you guys on. So I'm going to put you guys probably in the first 10 minutes. I'll break into the whole show and, and put this segment in there. So uh, we'll, we'll edit it all down and all that good shit. So. Awesome. Thank you for having us. Hey, no problem. And I want us to do like a real episode, like a full, like, you know, full length thing where we just go and we have a subject and we just talk in and all that shit, you know? Okay, cool. Do you guys have anything to say? Uh, Oh, that's it. No, no, we're good. Um, Follow us at Queendom Rain. Queendom Rain, R E I G N, on all platforms, right? Uh huh. Yep, yep. Hey. Appreciate y'all. And what's the uh, one and one more time the the website for the resin uh, and all the other stuff? Oh, uh, so the website is smokestoneapothecary.com. dot com. Y'all be sure to go check that out, and also be sure to go follow Queendom Rain on Twitter and Instagram and Fable the Queendom on Facebook. Yep. Yep. That's All right, y'all. Know. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having uh, for coming through. Y'all have a good night. All right, thank you. All right, peace. All right. So this part again, like I said, this show is called the Late Bloomer Podcast. The original idea was for me to talk about old films and movies that I should have watched a long time ago and I never did. Somehow, some way, we just kept getting off track. We're on episode twenty. This was recorded as episode nineteen, but another episode came in its place. So. This is another continuation of our conversation about the movie Juice and the themes that sparked some other conversation. Enjoy. All right, so I'm going to pretend like we just started a new show, okay? <laughs> Here right. we go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Spooks and Q with the late... <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it again. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Spooks and Q with the Late Bloomer Podcast. This is episode number 18. We're talking about juice. We're talking about life. We're talking about money. We're talking about capitalism. It's pretty fucking dope. And uh, it's still, uh, it's actually October 10th. Because when we started the first time, it was October 9th. So, heh, how you like me now? Um, you're getting a phone call. It's all right. From uh, Shimmer. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that right now. Ooh-wee. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, Yes. This episode is brought to you by TypicalDiv.com, T-Y-P-I-C-A-L-D-I-V.com. Yes, Typical Div is a rapper. You guys don't like rappers. That's okay. We like rappers. We all love rappers here. But how about this? How about them apples? How about them beans? Coffee beans, to be exact. He roasts it locally, and it's fire. If you really like coffee... You should go to the website and get 10% off by putting in the promo code Bloomer. Yeah, bitch. I'm saying, <laughs> little bitch. <laughs> that stupid ass hoe. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. Just like go to the website and check it out. It's pretty fun. It's pretty dope. Um. Anyway, so my guests today are Amir and Amir. Ayana Love. Or you can call her Maisha if you want, or Ayana loves jewelry. But, yo, we out here, and we're talking about a film that I was actually thoroughly impressed by. It's called Juice. It was made in 1994, sorry, 1992, and it was a commercial success because the budget was only $5 million, which is probably why they had that fake Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> wow. But the budget was only $5 million. And they made $20 million off of it. This was the moment, or one of the moments, that, that Hollywood realized that they might not fund these movies, but they're going to fucking make bank. You know what I'm saying? Because the black dollar was really important. Mm. Um, and it was, a, it was a thriller, and it played into a lot of different ideas and themes. And it was actually uh, directed by a guy named Ernest R. Dickinson, Dickerson, who is from Newark, New Jersey. Bitch, Jersey, what's popping? 
And uh, he actually is, <laughs> a, is is the guy who does like a lot of like the the cinematography for all these Spike Lee films that you love. The you know like I'm talking about like. You talk, you, you name it, he was the guy involved in the cinematography before. He was like, you know, Tales from the Dark Side, Law and Order. He did TV shows too, right? But, you know, he did, you know, The Wire. He did a lot of stuff that you like. Good Fences, Criminal Minds. But um, as far as, like, the stuff that he did with, with, uh, with uh, cinematography, I'm talking about Malcolm X. I'm talking about... Jungle Fever. I'm talking about Mo Better Blues. I'm talking about Do the Right Thing. I'm talking about School Days. I'm talking about you know she's got to have it. You're talking about he was he's he's been uh, Spike Lee's day one you know right hand man as far as the cinematography, lighting, color correction, all that stuff. He was very much involved in that. And then he got his chance to shine and was able to direct his own film. And let me tell you. I actually was super impressed by this film. I was expecting another hood film because I'm on this hood film journey because I should have seen a lot of these hood films I've never seen before. And I really wish I could have um, uh, gotten uh, Amir's reaction to when I told him I've never seen Juice before. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Which is why you're the late bloomer. I am the late bloomer. And that's why the show is called Late Bloomer. Because we're going to watch all the old movies and hood movies and, and, and whatever I, I missed. And I'm listening to the Prince albums right now, and I'll talk about them soon. So, Love it. Man. That man touched. I mean, not touched, but you know. Mm-hmm. He had a lot to do with everybody. I mean, if you're in the industry, yeah. you... Who are you talking about? Ernest Dickerson? You just said Prince. Oh, Prince. Okay. <laughs> right. I got the short-term memory loss, man. Come right, on, right, man. Right. But yeah, we had an episode about Prince, and that was Greg Kennard. We talked about Purple Rain and how I saw that, and I was also impressed by Purple Rain. Yeah, it's a great movie. But Juice is also just like a super time capsule for the 90s, the way that I saw it. It was like, man, you know, the, the, the wardrobe, the clothes, the color, the lighting, the music. How the, the movie came about is, yeah. is an interesting story, too. What's that? I mean, you know, how the actors were found, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's a great story, yeah. you know. So, Do you know the story? You want to tell some of it? Man, off top of the head, you know, I don't want to get it wrong, but, you know. I mean, initially it looks like they had Donald Faison, the guy from fucking, uh, <laughs> from fucking Scrubs, the one that does the dance the guy, like that. The guy from, he was uh, gonna, uh, what's the other movie, Clueless? Yeah, Clueless. He was going to play fucking Bishop. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Man. I mean, that dude is such a goofball. I mean, he's good at certain movies, man. Yeah. And TV shows, but he's not a he's not a good actor. Yeah. for that. What you know do you know mean? about the movie that we as far as the production? Uh man, like I said a minute ago, man, the story is great, but I don't remember everything from okay, off well, the top of my head, so I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, next and time people, we should come, we should definitely start coming to these shows prepared with fucking material, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so I'm gonna say something though. A lot of people believe, right? Mm-hmm. That. When Tupac went into this role to become Bishop, that he went so method that he became Thug Life. Like, this this is what turned him. What do you think? No. No. I mean, you got to realize, when he was filming this movie, he had he already been in a situation with the uh, Atlanta police. Mm-hmm. In the movie, after he shot the dude in the... Uh, you can see it in the movie. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> No, 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 no. He got in. No, he got into it with Atlanta police. With the he got into a shootout with Atlanta police. So he started carrying a gun. Uh, so he in the movie he had a prop gun and a real gun. After he shot the store clerk in the movie, huh. a lot of people don't uh, realize that unless you really pay attention to to the movie. What, what you looking at, man? I'm trying to see if my phone is charging. But go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> don't do that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Be all over the place like that, but yeah, he, he I he was pretty much already into you know like thug life. You know what I mean? I don't think it. I don't think he was calling it thug life just then, but it, yeah, he was definitely in it. But, but, I, but I thought the, the Atlanta police incident came after. Nope it it was during production. I I think it was during production or before production. We need to we need to find out the timeline between what went what went, went down and when when it went down. I mean, I, it did. I mean, because he, if you look at the scene with him uh, leaving when they left the what's it called the um, 
the little bodega. Isn't that what you guys call it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> when he left the bodega and he uh, they that's a, that's up- the name that's the name of a rap the guy who sings that song. Um, uh, what's it called? One, two, three, four, five. Bodega, oh yeah, God. bodega. <laughs> yeah, I know bodega. But anyway, that's Lou Bega. Sorry, I'm just fucking with you. Go oh ahead, goodness. go ahead. Anyway, when they got into the little uh, alleyway or building type thing, they're in there and they're arguing, and you notice that he has two guns, one uh, in his uh, pants, mm-hmm. in his waistline, and then he has the other one in his hand. So mm-hmm. that's he started carrying he started carrying a weapon with him after that shootout because, you know, he was just. Paranoid, right? I mean, who would it be? Yeah, you could do some research for us. So, so. So as far as the film, like I was saying, like I, I really love the film and the way that it captures hip hop, the culture, the fashion, the hairstyles, the dialogue. I was looking at the scene where they were like vibing and like cracking on each other and joking, and it's just like wow, this is very authentic. It's so natural, it's so real, and it's like you know, uh, it's just a really good representation, like a time capsule, pretty much for like the '90s. And I really fuck with it. I really liked it, man. I really liked it. So you fucks with I it. I was super impressed. Yeah. I fucked with it. So why didn't this guy get more work? I mean, I don't know. Let me see if I'm if I'm wrong about it. Like well, Omar F. I mean, he got famous after this. Well, I mean, like I'm talking about the 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 guy who directed it. Like he should like it, it, for him for a directorial debut. This is his first film that he ever directed. I mean, he's 70 years old now, but shit. Um I mean, he's directed some stuff. Bones. With Snoop Dogg. What the Classic. fuck? He's directed Tales from the Crypt. Uh, Fair itself. So it looks like he was really into horror. Masters of Horror. Uh, so he was pretty much awesome. So you gotta think about this. There's a Jordan Pill before there was Jordan Pill. Oh, plenty of them. <laughs> and now Jordan Pill is like the biggest thing ever. But it looks like this guy was super into the dark shit. Look. Can All I- the Vampire Diaries, Stargate, Dexter... He's filmed a lot of like dark, you know, stuff. He, he, if he's responsible for Dexter, fucking yes. I just started watching that shit, bro. I'm Can I be honest with y'all? Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Jordan Peele movies, man. Oh my gosh. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Take his black card. Take his black card. Hey, can you give me your black card, sir, please? I need your black card right now. You just saw Juice, man. Get it. Did you watch The Last Dragon? Yeah, I just saw that one, remember? See, I think it was because of you that I saw it. Uh, anyway, I'm just not a huge fan of Jordan Peele, man. It's, it's, you tripping, bro. I mean, you guys can love it all you want, man. You tripping. I'm not saying nobody, how other people should feel about the movie. but He I, just I, getting I, started, bro. I, I mean, what about Lovecraft Country? He's responsible for some of the most uh, iconic shit right now. I love I still haven't watched it yet. Oh, I haven't seen it. I don't even know. Right. Okay. 
Well, I'm going to have to get into it. I started watching it, but it, it, it starts off slow, and I was super tired, you know? Like, this job is killing me, but I'm going to have a lot of time to watch a lot of shows and things. I'm taking my vacation next week. I'm going to finish my EPs. I mean, okay. we'll see how this works out, but right now, it's just like, pfft, I don't know, man. But uh, as far as, like, okay, we were talking about this earlier. Like, capitalism can literally make you put your morals or whatever your uh moral compasses whatever your you know scruples are whatever you were raised to believe you just throw that to the side for money and it's sad man people are really just what's the phrase everybody been using for for a long time now what's money that? over everything over everything though that's what that's what they say like every single thing that's what they say man it's crazy it's shit wild it's ridiculous huh. like everything we might have really adopted that mentality. I don't know what to believe, man. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what's what. I don't know. Like, this whole COVID thing really fucked with my ability to trust people. And it's, it's like, it's all just a game. It's like, oh, it's a hoax. No, it's not. No, I got it. No, I don't. No, I do. No, I don't. Oh, well, I got it, but then I got, I'm, I'm cured now. So I'm the best. And everyone should listen to me. And it's just like, what else do they do that? What else are they making up bullshit? Because here's the thing. I think what Trump is doing by accident is showing that it's all been bullshit. He's just not really good at, he's just not really good at playing, uh, at playing the idea. He's not, he just, he can't, he, he's a bullshitter, but he can't bullshit, right? So you can see right through all his bullshit. tries to lie and hide the fucking ice cream, but you see the fucking ice cream mustache on the top lip and you smell their breath. <laughs> That's true. But this is the thing and that... They, oh. they like, who took the ice cream? They be like, whatever. Hey, the fuck you gonna do, mom? It's like that. Uh-oh. Shh, don't say See? Nothing. Uh, don't say nah, take it down there. You shouldn't have been doing that in front of me. <laughs> I got a little spooky bay that I've been talking to. She's pretty dope. You, you're not a spooky bay. It's my spooky bay, yeah. How do you get a spooky bay? I want one. <laughs> Man, you see what I'm saying? Yo, she's so dope, bro. And she probably is watching. She's probably listening to me talk about her. But... I'm not, I, I'm super cautious. This is, what, this is what I'm saying. No, 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 no. I the understand. The divorce thing has fucked my head up, bro. Like, I'm super cautious to even say uh, Spooky Bay, like, because that puts a title on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm super cautious about any kind of titles. Like, I have a person who's like, hey, I'm your friend. And I'm like, uh, you know, that's a really big title. Are you ready to put on, take on being my friend? Because I don't know, bro. Like, Here's the contract. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Friends. <laughs> How, How many, many of us have that? Right, real talk. We've been talking about that shit since the 80s, dog. It's like, niggas be like acting like they're your buddies, like they're down the ride, but then some shit goes down like this, and they, mm. and they take over. They fuck mm. your head up. They fuck your whole life up. And it's like, am I going to be in downtown Atlanta Pay at 3 o'clock in the morning putting on a, a, a tire you in the that? rain for somebody who won't even give me $5 when I'm, when I'm struggling? See, you guys, two of them, one on them. Yeah. One, uh, one in the pocket. Yeah. And you pull the other one out. Why? Because the other one was a prop guy, prop and the gun. other one was real. Oh wow! So this is this isn't even part of the film. No, it's part of the film. I mean, it being a real, he put blanks in the bullets. You don't put blanks in a real gun. You put blanks in a prop gun. Yes. That's crazy, dog. So he really went method, huh? That's what's up. So what Are do you, you think? There? Do you think that that was um that was like a liability? Issue? Do you think that this caused? He, he was people... protecting himself. Oh, I was saying like, do you think that him doing that kind of fucked up the the whole situation with the with the with the uh, studio? Like, do you think that he got in trouble for that? No, nah, I don't think so. No. Nah. So we just saw the part where I was explaining that Pac had the real weapon and a prop weapon, and that that scene just came up for us. And he just seen uh, the two different weapons for the first time. Say what? Pistols, the two pistols. We're talking about juice. Juice. Um, Apparently, Tupac brought a real pistol in addition to the prop pistol that they had on film, on site. Oh yeah, I mean it's an energy 
find that shit. Mm. I mean, which is why shit. What happens usually when a nigga carrying around a gun? And I've been saying this for the longest to people. Like, I feel like if you carrying around a gun everywhere you go, you kind of inviting a certain kind of fucking spirit. You inviting the vibration into your life. You know what I'm saying? Because you feel like someone's gonna hurt you. You carrying around the vibration. Like someone's gonna do something to me. I gotta get on the lookout. I gotta get on the guard. You gonna fucking attract something. Well, How do you feel about people that don't have weapons and still go through that, you know, and still uh, pretty much get attacked? I mean, do you do you kind of change your mind after that? Because I'm sorry. Yeah. And sometimes. And sometimes being prepared is the best thing you could do. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think both. I don't think neither is right or wrong because say you get popped, you didn't have a gun, right? You be traumatized. My baby, my baby's father, he got shot um, last two years ago, right before Christmas. He got shot. I was pregnant. Traumatized the shit out of him. Hell, it traumatized me. I wasn't even here. I was at home. And, I mean, if he was... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to die. Shit. Uh-oh. Well, here's my take. Hold on. Let her finish telling the story about how her baby daddy got shot. So, your baby father died from gun violence. No, he, no, he didn't die. He got shot in the damn leg by his idiot. Oh, no, no. You said somebody got shot. Yeah, this is my baby Eddie. He didn't die from it. Okay. He got shot in the leg. He's still alive. He's, okay. he's around here limping. <laughs> but, um, but he was traumatized from it. I had to take care of him at home right. for a couple months. But, I mean, honestly, in a lot of situations, the shit happened so fast. You wouldn't have been able to pull out your gun anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, half the time... There's nothing you can do to prevent that shit most of the time. Right. So here's the thing about what he's about to go in because he actually is a is a is a carrier, and he's a big advocate of um, gun awareness and things of that nature. And uh, he's yeah. gonna probably go in on us right now. But go ahead, bro. <laughs> well, first of all, I feel like especially black people need to arm and protect themselves, need to have their license, need to. I'm sorry? Agree. Now, I'm just saying it's a necessity because guess what? They're out there training for their lives. Not even for their lives. They're training just to save their training for their lives to to try to put us down. Now, when stuff happens like in, you know, uh, like in the, I'm trying to be uh like uh correct about the terms but when stuff happens in the hood you know you always want to be at the ready so i mean there's more people that you know they have their license and able to protect themselves i mean when they have their license than the ones that you know don't have a license you know they're constantly not on their feet i mean it's all about training you know and knowing your surroundings i'm constantly paying attention to my surroundings you could call it ptsd or whatever you want but surroundings you know will let you know what's about to happen to you so certain things are can be prevented a lot of things can't be be prevented if you're aware of your surroundings and if you're licensed even if you're not licensed you know there's people that are always paying attention and they have have that um i'm doing air quotes tool on them, you see what I'm saying? Okay. So it, I, the hammer. The hammer. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a minute. <laughs> I think they call something else the hammer now. Uh, the, they call them dicks. <laughs> yeah. They call them dicks now. They call uh, guns with extended clips dicks. Yeah. That's so weird. Mm-mm. Well, they pull out dicks on you, and then you get fucked. I mean, I get it. I mean, uh, it's just so weird. Yeah, I would. You know me. I give I give my weapons names, so you know, it's to yeah, to, it's to throw people off. You know, I don't want to say my weapons names right now, but usually, you know, it's I'm just gonna throw out a fake name. 
I'll be like, hey, uh, don't make me put out Patty LaBelle. You know, you you know she can sing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> What's she sing? I forgot. Damn, I was gonna do a Patty song too. <laughs> Only you knew <laughs> yeah. how much I do. <laughs> Only you knew what this gun can do. See what I'm saying? <laughs> to blow out that dude. Ah, yeah. I got me a piece. You better get that piece. I don't know. But I'm, I'm going to say this. You know, I do feel like training. We have to train. Right. So I'm very, very strong. Uh, and I haven't partaken, partaken yet. Mm. But I really think we should be, you know, becoming aware and learning this. Because here's the thing. There are huge communities of heavily armed Caucasians and that are ready for the uprise if it happens. Civil and war. we're fucked if this shit happens, dog. They, they ready to fly that damn rebel flag again. Right, because they got target practice. They got open space and open land where they could shoot and do all these things. Mm-hmm. But we don't do none of that stuff, dog. I mean, there's 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 actually plenty of um I mean, there's a there's we <laughs> I'm trying to say it. Uh, we have certain clubs where we're able to train each other. Um I mean, it's far and few between, but we're out there. I mean, I think it's called. I think there's one called Black Pride Gun Club. Um, oh come the, on, they're doing the most with that. I'm sorry. With the Black name? Pride Gun Club. Oh, I mean, well, it's yeah, kind of whack, dog. I mean, it's kind of whack. I'm not gonna lie, bro. No, 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 no. I mean, but I know. Yeah, the names. Sometimes <laughs> the names are name is trash. Yeah, I mean, it should be something simple, you know. But it, it is. There's a lot of them out there with these kind of types of names. You know what? One side. I have to go through my IG and I'll send it to you. And you could probably post it on your thing for people to know. Yeah. Uh, just in case they want to, you know, learn more about weapon safety, you know, how to familiarize, familiar yourself with weapons, uh, you know, how to keep it uh, in a safe space. You know, the, these are topics that they share with you. Share, uh, they share with each other, mm-hmm. and you know me. I'm, I'm constantly practicing. You know, even if I don't hit the range, I'm at home. You know, yeah. you know, just dry pulling. You know, yeah. you be dry pulling too. <laughs> I do that shit sometimes. When you don't got no lotion. <laughs> it, it's not funny, <laughs> but it's funny, man. It's like God, no, man. <laughs> It, it was not funny. That was like total dad joke, man. <laughs> everything. Did she break up again? Oh. Yeah, so do you be like cleaning your gun shit and being like, sir, sir? Uh, No, not at home. <laughs> but I do clean When my you weapon. were in the military, did they like have to time you like getting your gun clean like quick? Nah. nah like I mean, disassembling it, reassembling it, they didn't do none of that shit? I mean, no, we did uh, assemble and disassemble, but with a, a time... Disassembly and assembly. Nah, we never did that. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, people did that for fun to for play fun. with each oh, other, okay. yeah, yeah, to time each other. But to me, you you make more mistakes doing it that way. Uh, you know, uh. you might lose a piece. There were, actually, when I was in basic training, because I'm not, uh, what's the best way to put it? Uh, the white boys, basically. Of course, they see these marine movies and they want to play around with their weapons and disassemble and assemble it as fast as they can. And next thing you know, they're losing pieces to their to their rifle, uh, to the bolt action. Actually, yeah. they take the bolts completely apart, and there's there's little pin in there mm. inside the bolt. Yeah, and you lose that pin, you're pretty much fucked. Mm. So, yeah, it's yeah, they people you just do stupid shit all the time, no matter where you at. <laughs> but. Oh, if only you knew what this gat can do. Turn you black and blue. She's talking, I can't hear her. Oh, shit. (laughs) I'm sorry, what were you saying? He go with his shit. Um, But no, I actually, I like guns. I like to shoot. I find it to be quite therapeutic. Yes, it's relaxing. It's just like to me, it's like riding. I love riding motorcycles too. So you know, these are the doing stuff like this is like therapy for me. You know, it it relaxes you. You're in your element. Like afterwards, you be 
like, hmm, I needed to get that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, uh, like hitting the puncher bag, you know, just letting all that energy yeah. out. And it is, definitely. <laughs> I remember I had a guy take me on a first date to it. I guess he was trying to impress me. He took me to a gun range. And he was That's a horrible first date. I'm sorry, that's stupid. That's what I thought. I said, what a fucking weirdo. And, you, had, and you enjoyed every minute of it, didn't you? God, dog, you. <laughs> Jeez. That, I mean, that, that wasn't the reason why. We just didn't click. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I mean, man. I was never not talking to a guy again because I'd like, if, he, if we click, I'd be like, uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Boom, text me when you get home. But no. Well, he thought that, I guess he thought he was going to like, taking me on a date out in the damsel in distress. He's like, here's, this how you load the magazine. And I loaded that bitch so fast and blah, 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 blah. God, dog, oh, she, she, she been robbing bodegas too. <laughs> Yo, I looked at his target and I looked at my target. I was like, you trash, bro. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is you shooting, boo? My dad taught me how to shoot a long, my dad was in the military, so he yeah. taught me how to shoot a long, long time ago. Yeah. It takes, it's. It takes practice with pistols. Some, I mean, some people, it comes naturally, but with pistols, you know, it takes practice. But with rifles, yeah. I don't know. that. I mean, I think when it comes to rifles, it just came more naturally for me. Like, I, it, when I was in the Army, I fired expert. And, you know, that's that's something I pride myself on. When it, when it comes to rifles, I'm not going to miss, period. But with the pistol, you know, I might miss once or twice, but I, you're, you're going down. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's going down. Yeah, I, I think guns do carry energy. You know, I, I do believe that to a degree. Um, but I, there's times when it's necessary. So I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, I felt like Tupac felt like he was that fucking guy with the gun in his hand. Right, and I feel like the real life Tupac thought the same thing. Like as soon as I I I, I like to say, you remember that movie uh, Tropical Thunder where they keep saying like, "Don't go full retard." Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, you shouldn't go full thug life. I think there's a balance you have to have, and he went too far with it. Now, I can agree with that. But Tupac wasn't, wasn't trigger happy. Who, who else did he shoot? No, no, I'm just saying, like, not just shooting in general, but that machismo, that thug life, that I'm the hardest nigga alive. You want to see hard? I'm the hardest nigga that ever existed. That shit, that's what gets you fucked. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think he portrayed that. I think he was. No, he did. I think he was more of. Yeah, me too. Nah, I, I don't think so. I mean, he was, I feel like, yeah, he did all those other things. I think he, he was, he the, probably looked that way to you because you're not used to yeah. people like that or people being, uh, like, sort of a little bit aggressive or um, standing the ground or, you know, you know, I get. I'm not trying to, you know, say the wrong thing. Uh, being a man, <laughs> you know what I mean. So let's talk about that. Let's let's go ahead and explore that because I actually do have a lot of experience with masculinity and manhood, and I have no problem with uh, that. You know what I'm saying? I actually uh, encourage it. You know, there's a lot that you can learn and, and grow from the brotherhood and all that stuff that happens uh, that you that you get. From male interaction. I, I fuck with it. I love it. I like it and I appreciate it, right? But I also am willing to say... I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I don't think Tupac was machismo. I think Tupac was just passionate about everything. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. So what I was saying, though... He's passionate as fuck. Whether he's talking about how much he loves black women, whether he's talking about black people in general, whether he's talking about shooting a nigga, whatever. Whether he's talking about fucking a bitch... Passionate as hell about it. Right, especially when he was talking about uh, brutality, you know, police brutality, uh, the system towards how the system treats uh, black people, African Americans. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he's to me he stuck he stuck with stuck to his guns. You know what I mean? Right. So you know, right. I, I I just you know I don't think he was like you know like thuggish. I just think he was. You know, an activist. I think Little Wayne is gun happy. Who the fuck shoots himself at 12 years old? <laughs> <laughs> I 
here's the thing. Listen, okay? I was saying something about what I think about manhood and masculinity and the way that black men um, show appreciation for each other or whatever they do. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. But I also am willing to stand away from it and, and most things that I like and say there's, there's, a, there's a significant flaw in the setup of this thing. It's ca- it, it causes people like Bishop to exist. Am I wrong? They have to overcompensate in order to exist in this world. And it it, it creates a sociopath to a degree where you become emotionally detached uh, from humanity. Like you become an alien to humanity. Like whatever you do is all about, you know, being the the biggest, like like a street lord. And it doesn't, uh-huh. it doesn't, it doesn't, it does, it's not grounded in reality. That's what I'm saying. Right. And it's, it stems from toxic masculinity. I, I genuinely think so. You I said. somebody who would be like Bishop, I think that's more, I don't even think he was overcompensating. I think he tapped into his true fucking self, his true identity when he killed his friend. Like, that's when he crossed over Whatever the fuck he'd been through in life, whatever, however he was raised. There's a breaking point. I was told was, it just all just, that's yeah. true nature. Yeah, I, sometimes people just have that breaking point, you know what I mean, where you yeah. just flip into whoever you, you know, need to be at that point, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've tried it, so I tried to go full savage, right? I was like, oh, you think I'm a piece of shit? I'll show you a piece of shit. You think I'm a I'm a I'm a scumbag? I can go full scumbag. And but then when I tried it, I was like, "Ain't for me. I'm just not a scumbag." Well, you're not at that breaking point. <laughs> no, nah, think... I pretty much was, dog. No, I mean, if you were at that about, breaking like, point, you would have broke through. No, I lost my fucking mind, dude. I just started like being like a hoe, like a super hoe, like like Scott LaRock. Who the fuck is Scott LaRock? He was in uh, Boogie Down Productions, and there's a song called "Scott LaRock is a Super Hoe." <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh, Put you on game. I mean, I that, like you said, you tried to be, but that's not who you really are. See, like, exactly. I, just I think I, I could be a preacher. I, I think that's what I am. I'm a pastor. I'm gonna be a pastor. I'm gonna get. A, I'm gonna go to seminary school. Well, that you would do it online. That'd be that'd be interesting. But yeah, I mean, I appreciate I the dark the dark world. But I yeah. gotta pull myself Me out too. of it every once in a while. I can't go full dark. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta balance that shit out. I mean, I'm with the shit, but I'm not with the toilet. You know what I'm saying? You're not with the shit. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm adjacent to the shits. I'm shit adjacent. I'm next to the shits. I'm not with them, but I definitely um, am Ubering for the shits. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if the shits need a ride, I'm there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> okay, so this is the reason why this was recorded back in October. Um, just trying to get this uh, podcasting thing, just understanding how not to make errors. This was another one of those long conversations that we had that got cut short because... I just am still working out the kinks. Self-produced, not really getting any outside help here. So I just want to say thank you guys so, so much. I had this idea to start a podcast 20 episodes in. This is going to wrap up season two. And beginning in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be working on this new format that I've created so that there's no more errors. And no more cutoffs. But I hope that y'all appreciated this conversation we had about the movie Juice. I hope that you guys appreciated Queendom. And I hope that you're going to continue listening to what we're doing out. Anyway. Bless. And maybe next time that we talk, we'll talk about all this chaos that's been going on with 45 and the president-elect and the people storming the, whatchamacallit, capital and woo it's gonna be interesting 
I don't want to be too political. I want to keep it light and fun. I want to talk about movies and pop culture and fun shit, but ooh, it's really interesting in retrospect hearing this episode that I recorded long ago that was supposed to be episode 18, which ended up being episode 20, which ended up not coming out until three months after the recording. We talk about this. We talk about how, you know, they're prepared for taking over and just when the shit goes down and we're not. And I think that we should, if this wasn't an awakening for you guys, this whole MAGA revolution, fake ass revolution shit, then I don't know what it is. Anyway, peace and tune in soon for episode one, season three. Peace. Keeping it okay.